Welcome uh, to episode 239 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs, as ever. Uh, it's Tuesday, people. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, the 17th of August, 2000, 2021. Um, uh, hope you're doing well out there, people. Keeping up listening. I like it. Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm doing okay. Things are still uh, uh, progressing with the house move. Obviously, we're still mentioning that. Everything's, you know, I'm still moving stuff out a little bit at a time. But um, it's becoming frustrating now. Uh, I want to move out. I want to start the next phase of my. Who's? I just want to start the rest, the next stage in my life, guys. That's what I want to do. Um, so um, plans are afoot to uh, uh, get some things done. We've got a, uh, as I said before, I think. Oh, we've got a spare room uh, in the new place, so uh, we're going to turn that into a podcast studio. Get a few more bits going. Uh, obviously continue with this relentlessly as we do um, just because this is a bit of an airing for me and I might be able to uh, still use it to come up with uh, bits of material um, as well as obviously developing other ideas. Um, gigs are going all right at the minute, um, still getting the new um, the new stuff written and honed a little bit. There was a couple of gigs um, I had uh, the last couple of days, uh, which have gone all right. So um, we'll see. Everything's going all right at the minute. Everything seems to more or less be returning to normal, but we don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the winter yet, do we? But here goes. Anyway, um, having a look at uh, things that have been going on, uh, there's an interesting, uh, uh, there's a bit of an interesting thing with regards to Osama Bin Laden. Remember him? You should do. It's coming up to that time, isn't it? Like 20 years, isn't it? Soon. Since 9-11, wasn't that 2001? There seems to be a few documentaries popping up here and there about it. Uh, maybe it's a bit early. How do you commemorate that? Is that the best way to commemorate something as a documentary? I think it probably is. You can't have a fireworks display or anything like that, can you? Not anymore. Like um, we do with uh, Guy Fawkes Night over here in the UK. where we Well, we don't commemorate him trying to blow up Parliament, do we? Apparently, we commemorate him trying to, uh, uh, him being found out. That'd be very odd, wouldn't it, if uh, the same sort of thing happened, uh, commemorating 9-11. They just fly an airliner into a fucking big building. <laughs> or like they have a, they have a, um, uh, um, the Twin Towers made uh, as a bonfire. A bonfire in the shape of the Twin Towers, and then they just fly remote control aeroplanes into them as a commemoration to all those people who died. You wouldn't see that. That's essentially kind of what we do on Guy Fawkes Night over here. Although Guy Fawkes Night wasn't successful, um, we kind of, you know, 
remember, remember the, whatever it is, 5th of November, is it? 5th of November, isn't it? Yeah. Guy Fawkes Night. Um, very odd. Very strange breed we are over here. Uh, so anyway, Osama Bin Laden, he's been leaked this week. Um, that, um, well, last week, I think. Um wasn't so hidden. Osama bin Laden was caught after U.S. military found his family's clothes hanging out to dry. A new book claims. <laughs> uh, what did they have? Fucking football shirts, personalised football shirts on the washing line. Bin Laden and the number seven. Bin Laden nine slash eleven on the back of a football shirt. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that could be it there. I believe that's the house there. Uh, the terrorist leader Osama bin Laden was caught after the U.S. military found his cl- family's clothes hanging out to dry, and then they essentially did the same thing for him. Here we go, pun central. Uh, by 2010, the CIA was closing in on bin Laden thanks to a Pakistani informer who spotted a man believed to be Ibrahim bin Laden's longtime bodyguard. Um, imagine that though, being caught by washing. The fact. That he didn't have a tumble dryer. <laughs> it's the, brought down the downfall of Osama bin Laden and the immediate execution. You know for a fact they were never keeping him alive, were they? You know for a fucking fact they were never going to take him alive, ever. He was going to be executed because it would have been too much of a... Um, if they'd have put him on trial and that, They'd have made a fucking martyr out of him. That's why they allegedly buried him at sea. It had nothing to do with... Um, uh, his body must be somewhere, strung up somewhere or put on ice or cryogenically frozen. Um, but I can't see that they buried him at sea, to be perfectly honest. So they didn't have a, a place where he could become a martyr and other people visit and fucking steal his body and then put it on display somewhere. Uh, but apparently, Ibrahim's white jeep eventually led the CIA to his hideout, uh, complete with 18-foot-high barbed-wired top walls. That makes no difference. Uh, the place was packed with Bin Laden's three wives, eight of his youngest children, and four grandchildren, including two- and three-year-old babies. Interest in the property increased due to several unusual features. <laughs> yeah. No shit, the barbed wire would be a little bit of a giveaway, wouldn't it? It had no telephone lines or internet service, despite the fact that whoever built it was surely wealthy enough to afford them. The large main house had few windows and the top floor's open air balcony was surrounded on all sides by a high wall. The CIA set up a safe house nearby to track the activity in and out of the house. But what sealed the deal was the clotheslines on the compound, which flapped each day with women's garments. Shall wear kameez worn by Pakistani men. Children's outfits and diapers, far more than the 11 members of the bodyguards' families who could ever wear. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a fucking giveaway, I suppose, isn't it? They don't think of that, do they? It's all these little things that people don't think of. Although saying that, you know, maybe it'd been better, like, just staying in a cave, investing in, like, maybe if you've got that many people in there and you can afford it, he must have had money on him. 
you know, just a, a it was a tum, the lack of a tumble dryer that brought him down. Or a clothes horse. You know, if you haven't got that much money, construct some sort of clothes horse. You've got guns there. Tie a couple of AK-47s together and put a few diapers over them, maybe. You know, put them in front of the fire. Bang, you've got another 10 years life there to plot and scheme about the next thing you want to do. <laughs> what an interesting thing, though, how one thing leads to another. It's like when they find these fucking, you know, people. Everybody fucks up at some point, don't they? You know, everybody. They eventually find, like, where you are somehow, don't they? And he was like the most, they were looking for him everywhere. He had a good run, didn't he? He had a good run until his wife started doing a bit of washing. <laughs> and it was brought down, uh, brought down. in a, This raid is in association with Daz Bio Powder. Fucking hell. The bizarre revelation was made by Peter Bergen, a national security analyst and former CNN producer, in his book, The Rise and Fall of Osama Bin Laden. Um, were they all caught, killed? But in 2004, uh, $50,000 real estate purchase in his own name. That's how much the house cost. Fifty. I tell you what. It was in Pakistan, that. Say what you like about Pakistan. The average person over here could buy a fucking nice house out there. It's cheap as shit. Why not? I know it's probably not for everybody. It's going to be a hell of a commute for you. But what a place to retire. You can see why these people do that. Live a normal life in here in the UK or the Western world. And then go out to some third world country and live like a fucking king for your retirement. Why wouldn't you do that? That could be a plan for old Benny Boy there, couldn't it? There's got to be gigs out in Pakistan, hasn't there? <laughs> I imagine I imagine you couldn't possibly talk about the same sort of things. Uh, be a tough crowd, I imagine, for a, for a white English guy going out there. But, um, you know... We'll see how the career develops over the next few years. I might be doing it. <laughs> I might be. And that could be it. Uh dear. Um, let's have a little bit of tea. There was one thing that happened in the UK this week, saying how our culture masks um, other cultures. Um, last Thursday, weren't it? Um, here, here goes Ben taking his sombre note. Um, uh, there was a shooting. This doesn't happen very often in uh, the UK. Um, I think the last one was, uh, yeah, it says here, the last one was uh, 2010 in Cumbria. Uh, but there was a mass shooting in uh, Plymouth, which is on the south coast of um, the UK. Basically, UK gun laws are quite strict. People over in America, you need to get... Uh, you need a specific reason to own a gun out here. Either it's mainly farmers, shit like that. People doing clay pigeon shooting. Farmers or the landed gentry, essentially. They're the sort of people who can own a gun here. Um, but uh, And it always seems to be 
if if there's a mass shooting out here, um, it's usually in a fixed. I know, like most mass shootings are in a fixed location, like even in the states and that. Um, but um, it's usually family, uh, a family thing. Um, or they'll start by brutally murdering all of their family and then move on, you know, to unlucky passers-by. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time sort of people. Um, so, yeah, this happened last Thursday. Um, I think he killed a couple of kids and shit like that as well. Um, but it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a 22-year-old guy. He killed his fifty year, 51-year-old mother after an argument. Don't know what they were arguing about. You know, sometimes sometimes in that situation, you've just got to admit defeat, I think, and just hand it. As soon as a gun gets drawn in an argument, you've sort of lost. How committed are you to winning that argument? Um, uh, yeah, shot. Um, yeah, it's fucking horrendous. Uh, used to pump, shot and killed, uh, a three-year-old girl and a 43-year-old father in the street. And then he injured a 53-year-old woman and a 33-year-old son uh, before shooting and killing a 59-year-old man nearby in a nearby park. So he basically went mental, killed his mum, and then just went on a rampage. Um, uh, uh, He told a passing resident there was nothing to worry about, mate. Shortly before killing himself, Davidson was described as walking like he was on patrol, like a soldier with a gun and with a blank expression. Um, Yeah, it's fucking horrendous. Uh, You know, I'm not saying it's bad enough, you know, killing adults, but um, kids as well. It's fucking... They always, you know... They always, um, there's just something that seems to snap in people, isn't it? You know, if he didn't have a gun, he'd have probably, um, you know, possibly just killed his mother or something. But um, it just makes it so easy just to fucking take out anyone, doesn't it? I mean, we're quite lucky in this country that our gun laws are so strict and it's really... You know, only um, a handful of cases. What's that? Eleven years ago was the biggest mass killing. Uh, uh, the um, the last mass killing. Um, but it's got um, um, that he was um, had certain mental health issues in that. I think that, that it's it's kind of a weird thing with the whole mental health issue thing. I know we uh, I talk about that quite often on here. Because it's difficult, you know, because it's one of those subjects where you can't, if somebody throws up their arms and says that they've got mental health issues, it's instantly seems like a lot of people are just going for the sympathy of it, I, I think. But, you know, there's two things, isn't there? They've got, you know, mental health issues with regards to having anxiety or depression and then mental health issues with regards to where that clicks over the edge and they just go fucking mental and start brutally killing people. It's just, um, I couldn't imagine being in that situation um, of, you know, not like of, like, brutally killing people. 
I felt, I felt like that in a queue. Uh, when I've been in a fucking uh, stuck on the motorway or something like that. Um, you, you, you know, you, but you don't act on it, do you? There's sort of like no going back. Um, it's just fascinating what goes through people's not minds and how something can just flip them over. I mean, the lad himself is only like 22. Um, uh, and apparently he's, um, uh, uploaded, uh, videos to YouTube and that, I don't know. It just, it just seems so, so some people are just so bereft from any sort of understanding in society and feel so disassociated from, um, modern day um everyday life that it it just seems to you know flip a switch and i don't think the inter not to blame the internet or being a, a, anyone like that you can find your own little group on the internet now can't you that's the thing you can find your own little niche someone somewhere is uh thinking the same way as you about things, no matter how fucked up your fucking head is, there's somebody out there somewhere going to be championing you and pushing you on to do things. Um, it's just a bit of a sad for a because to me, the UK seems so safe. You know, I know horrible things happen. People get stabbed in cities. People get stabbed everywhere. Um, People get assaulted, but, you know, horrible things happen still in the UK. But um, to me, uh, it's I feel safe walking down the road, you know, no matter where I am, even in London, even in the big cities. Uh, maybe that's a maybe that's a male thing. I don't know, but I've always I've never like shat myself sort of like walking through somewhere and um uh, for this to happen is uh, is is fucking sad, you know. Um, how how just somebody who's like fucked up can wreak so much havoc. Um, with a gun, you know, and we have very our gun ownership is very restricted. You have to have a visit from the police. You have to have them locked away. You have to have a reason to have those guns. So you know, you can see. I know pro-gun people saying, well, you know, it's people who kill other people, but it's so much easier, isn't it, with a gun to kill somebody. You you see, like, the amount of mass killings over in the States compared to here. I know there's different correlations with population. Um, We've got a much smaller population than them, but, um, you know, a lot of the... um, countries that have strict gun laws don't have as many mass killings um it's just uh it's just fucking it's shocking that's what it is when something like this happens in the uk it's um it's a very shocking thing and um uh your heart sort of like goes out to the people who are involved in that uh it's just uh i don't know man people are there's some fucking mental people about in there and i mean you know but it's where you where you draw the line between. It's almost it's almost like um, the good mental health and bad mental health sort of like um, thing, isn't it? Um, 
Whereas some sort of, I know there's still, everybody says there's still taboos about mental health and, you know, a lot of people uh, talk about it openly. Some people lie about it, I imagine, um, for their own personal reasons. Um, But I think most people possibly don't. But it's like, it's an interesting thing where this guy's clearly got mental health issues um but that's not addressed and that's able to be you know able to ferment via fucking youtube videos and groups he joined on the internet until it bubbles over into a boiling point and then something like this happens but there's no there's just no way of legislating against a random fucking mental case that's the uh that's the thing in there there's just no way of like stopping that like a random mental case who's just going to, you know, you give people the same the same um, ability to get hold of firearms. Um, I don't know whether it is his firearm, to be honest, or not. But um, he's obviously been able to get hold of a firearm, a pump-action shotgun as well. Fuck's sake. I mean, I didn't realise they were, you know, you could legally, I know you can, you know, the clay pigeon two-bore shotgun or whatever. Um, I've shot one of them myself whilst going clay pigeon shooting. Oh, I know, when I was a child. Uh, it's got a fucking hell of a kick to it. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. How do, how do you solve things like that? You're never going to be able to take the random fucking mental case out of the out of the equation, are you? Um, but there you go. Sad day in the UK. Um, no doubt it'll, you know, it's not going to be the last time, but like hope, you know, it's not a frequent occurrence in the UK. That's why it's so shocking. Uh, and that's why I think like a lot of, um, uh, things that happen in the States with regards to the mass shootings over there, it must just be a relentless onslaught of, you know, you're just shocked. In the end, you just must not be shocked by it. This is a shocking event, like, in the UK. Like, five people died or whatever. And um, that is a shocking event, whereas, like, in the in the States, it seems to be... Um, I don't know. It's a sad, sad kind of thing where, like, it's constantly happening. So your sensitivity to that must go down. Um... Oh, fucking another mass shooting. Jesus. At school. Oh, how cliched. Um, not to be brutal about it. But, um, Jesus. Yeah. So, um, so that was that. Horrible thing. Horrible thing happened. And your heart goes out to the people uh, and their families and that sort of thing. Um, not that that really makes any difference, but it's just... I think, yeah, like, really, you fear for yourself being involved in that situation. I think that's what most, mostly shocking is about it. And as a guy, you make up that fucking romantic story, don't you? Oh, I'd have fucking done something different. I'd have fucking... Everyone's an hard nut until they've got, a, like, a fucking gun barrel pointed at them. Um, I'm not sure I'd... Uh... I'd enjoy that situation, to be honest. <laughs> Fuck me. Ah, horrible. Horrible, horrible situation. Anyway, um, let's have a little bit of tea. 
there we go. Um, I didn't know this. Um, talking about Osama bin Laden earlier and not to uh, um, put them all together, uh, to um, put all um, Muslim people under the same umbrella of uh, of of this uh, of somebody like that, but it's a tenuous link, people. Tenuous link. Uh, there is a landmark UK court ruling uh, which is due in bride price dispute. Now, I didn't know this happened, right? A woman has taken her ex-husband and his parents to court seeking full payment of her ma. M-A-H-R. Have I said that right? Muslim people out there, have I said that right? Ma. A landmark judgment that could bring part of UK law into line with Sharia law. Oh, the old right ain't gonna like this, baby. Uh, position on bride price payments is to be announced this week in the central London County Court in a case being followed closely by women's charities. A bride price, price or ma, M-A-H-R, have I said that right? I don't know. Why are you still checking, Ben? Because I don't want to come off, be branded as an ignorant racist. Uh, is one of the most, uh, a bride price, ma, is one of the most, uh, is one of the important aspects of an Islamic marriage contract. Now, I didn't realise this. Is a gift or a promise of a gift to the wife by the husband is agreed between the parents or, or the guardians of the bride and the groom verbally or in writing shortly before the couple's marriage. What do they do? Have to pay them off? Give me your daughter. There's 50 quid. Sort yourself out. A couple of drinks. Oh, no, you don't. Have some lemonade. Under Sharia law, the wife has the right to ask for her full ma at any time during a marriage or upon it, its dissolution. South Asian women married under UK civil law, however, are currently unable to demand its payment in full-on divorce. They must instead apply to the family court. That's a nice way of earning money if you're a hot Muslim babe, isn't it? Repeatedly getting married I, I suppose that's part of it is it i don't know i don't know what the um i don't know what the what the thing is behind that why would you you would have to pay that it's some sort of, some sort of compensation i don't know they must instead apply to the family court which typically could, demands only the partial payment of the money as part of the overall financial settlement under section 25 of the matrimonial causes act 1973 until now, the UK courts have dealt only with cases involving written ma contracts. Uh, the case in question is the first involving an alleged oral contract to be heard in the UK courts. I think uh, any sort of marriage definitely needs an oral contract. Uh, oh, here. Oh, here. Um, yeah, so uh, it says here, the couple of mutually agreed arranged marriage in England in January two summers. 2017 they separated later that year and were divorced in 2018 oh that seems a bit British's former in-laws paid her 5,005 pounds very unusual the ma written in their Islamic certificate of marriage but have refused to pay the remaining sum um, that she says her former father-in-law promised verbally in the presence of her father yeah you ain't gonna get that 
isn't that strange, though, how they'd still pay that? Um, oh, yeah, she says it's worth approximately 55 grand. Oh, jeez, you try. Yeah, the, that's where the parents are behind the married uh, talking to the son saying, seriously, mate, you've got to fucking make this work. I don't need to get myself a second job. Come on. Do whatever she likes. Just make this work. Save us a bit of cash. That's a lot of money. £55,000 in total. Five grand is a lot of money, isn't it? Can you imagine that? Meeting somebody, you fall in love. And, um, you know, you're planning a future together. And then she goes, yeah, but if you want to marry me, you need, I don't know. It seems it seems good for the fucking parents of the, um, uh, with the Muslim daughter, the Muslim parents with the daughter. Seems a right cushy, um, deal. Um, does it say here what that ruling was? Let's let's Google that, shall we? Ma. No. Ma. According to. Let's educate ourselves here a little bit. Uh, in the uh, in Islam, uh, is the obligation in the form of money or possessions paid by the groom to be to the bride at the time of Islamic marriage? Payment also has circumstances on when and how to pay. While the marriage is often money, it can also be anything agreed upon by the bride, such as jewelry, home goods, furniture. Wait. Washer dryers. A dwelling or some land. Marriage typically specified in the marriage contract signed upon marriage. Is this the uh, whatever a higher amount of ma? Does that depict um, a a better quality of um, uh, a prettier girl? Is that that's totally misogynistic? I know, but they do they do they value it in that way? Dawah is the English tradition that uh, comes closest to the Islamic meaning of ma'at, as a dawah refers to the payment from the husband or his family to the wife, especially, oh, it's just something we've sort of like left behind. <laughs> English people are too fucking tight for that these days. Jesus Christ, I've got to pay for the wedding? 15 grand and pay for the wife as well? Fuck off. Uh, however, Maori is distinct from Dao in two ways. Maori is legally required for all Islamic marriages. That's interesting. And Maori is re- required to be specified at the time of marriage. Uh, terms dowry uh, and bride price are sometimes incorrectly used to translate ma, but ma differs from dowries in many other cultures. So I wasn't aware of this. All I'm aware of is that weddings take a lot of fucking time and money to organise. <laughs> Is that not enough? I don't know. Maybe maybe this goes back to, you know, it's got to go back to something like the fact that you're losing a daughter and she could have been doing the cleaning for you, but now she's going to be doing something else. It's surely, or is that me? Is that me? Maybe that's just me Um, thinking that. It's going to cost me, it's going to, I'm going to have to mop my own fucking floor and do my own fucking washing up now. That's going to cost you 55 grand, bud. (laughs) Fucking hell, imagine if you had loads of daughters. 
Just be absolutely raking it in. Obviously, you've got to bring them up, but, you know, you get to hand the clothes down, surely. Don't you? From one daughter to the next, you had like 10 daughters or something. Fucking 55. That's half a million sitting there. Ah. Oh. Maybe I ought to um, start banging them out and uh, change religions. Not that I am. Or, or get a religion, people. That could be it. What are we on? 32 minutes. Excellent. We have tiptoed through that. <laughs> I apologise if it's not called Ma. It looks like it to me. Maya. Um, my pronunciation is terrible. Um, I'm awful with uh, any sort of uh, vocabulary that isn't uh, straight white British, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, that is episode 239 of Ben Briggs Podcast. If you want to contact me at all, it is just podcast at benbriggs.co.uk. I will be back on Saturday, motherfuckers. Have a good rest of your fucking week. Don't go around shooting people. And pay up for your wife. Um, have a great rest of your week. Take care. <laughs>